Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above for this week. This is Monday, so today we're going to be taking a look at the week ahead, including today, tomorrow, all the way through Sunday. Uh, I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Happy Valentine's Day, I hope, for everybody. Uh, we got dumped on. We got about nine inches of snow here where I live, and that's not a lot compared to some of you that might live in the northern regions or the northeast, uh, but here in the state of Washington, at least in the lowlands, we don't get much snow, and nine inches was a lot. It ended up being uh, told to us, let's see, Friday night, I think we were told between one and three inches. Yeah, well, they're always wrong, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so luckily it happened on a day where we didn't have to go anywhere. Uh, we got to stay at home and just watch it pile up and uh, enjoy the heck out of Binksy, who thought that snow was her personal uh, play toy uh, until her little feeties got cold and she'd come running in and then later she'd go back outside and bat the snow around. It was really comical to watch her. And uh, so we ended up staying in for the whole weekend, really. And today we still have a bunch of snow out there, but now it's raining on top of it, dumping buckets from the sky, but in a different way now. Uh, so wherever you were and wherever you are, I hope you stayed safe and dry and warm. Or if you're down south, you stayed cool and had a great weekend anyway. Uh, today we have quite a bit to talk about as we are looking. It's a fairly, it's not a it's not a huge week astrologically. I mean, we have some things to talk about, but from a human design perspective, we have some changes happening this week that I want to make sure everybody knows about and understands. And so we'll be talking about human design and astrology, sort of interweaving them all together today. All right. So let me make sure everything is online and working. Yes. Well, there I am. Wow. Okay. And I see Debbie Tibbetts, Tumiel. Good morning to you. And Ingrid, hello to you. Happy Monday as well to you. And uh, so I see everything seems to be working well. Uh, I had a very frustrating sort of Mercury retrograde day yesterday as I was trying to complete uh, complete a project to get the next part of the human design for 21 uh, for 2021 course out. And it was driving me crazy. I finally just said, I'm done. I've had enough working seven days a week for the last two or three months. So I took the half of the day off and enjoyed myself doing other things. So sometimes you just got to let it go, right? Uh, today, we begin our week with the moon in Aries, and I think probably I felt that shift, and that was when I could no longer stand or tolerate the fact that I was working, working, working. It was time to go have some fun. Uh, today, the moon in, uh, in Aries is sextiling planets, meaning the sextile is a 60-degree relationship, and that relationship is uh, more of an ease. Uh, together, they, can, they have similar interests, similar things energies, uh, similar signatures around what they do and how they do it. And that sextile today is with Mercury and Jupiter and Venus. So this is sharing time today. Today's a great day to share your ideas, what inspires you, what you've been working on with others in your life, with a sextile with the moon in Aries, who really wants to be able to be more activated. It's uh, a sign 
Aries is ruled by Mars. And so there's the potential for expression of action and the sextile to Mercury, Jupiter and Venus. Those are all kind of good transits to have or good connections to have. Jupiter and Venus, as you know, were in uh, a conjunction this last week, yesterday, yesterday and on Saturday. And uh, that brought together possible good fortune, you know, good times together. And so we get to see that continued a little bit today, even though the conjunction is uh, separating, we have the moon now activating a sextile to those two planets, kind of carrying that good feeling out into the early part of the week. Now, Aries is a sign that rules new beginnings and what we could say are fresh starts. So time to dust things off, look at a new way of doing things. Uh, it is a sign of courage and momentum, getting the ball rolling. You might be able to feel like the engine is, is, re is revving a bit and getting ready to push out in some way. Uh, this is a sign of leadership and then also doing things your own way. In, in Aries, as with Mars, it is when things cause trouble or get in your way of continuing your forward momentum, where things get a little bit dicey, right, where, where anger and frustration can erupt. So we'll have to temper the action and the orientation toward doing something with also being patient. Uh, Aries is a sign that rules the being, the body, and the physical, and the self, so everything to do with you. Uh, remember, Aries is the first sign of the zodiac, and so it is connected to the first house in the zodiac wheel. So wherever the first house is in your chart, uh, or wherever it is, it's always at the nine o'clock position, but whatever sign is there talks about your personality, who you are, and how you face life, your viewpoint, so to speak. Well, with Aries now uh, being triggered by the moon, then we get to look at ourselves with new eyes, perhaps, with being more uh, direct in what we need to do, what we need to say. Um, innocence is a part of this, too. The innocence of beginning something without any prejudgment about what it's going to look like or what it's going to be, just stepping forward. Uh, using your personal authority and being personally authentic. And if you're going to have that, you're also going to need personal responsibility. And that is also a part of this Aries day. Aries rules the fighter and everything to do with confrontation, taking risks, being bold, using strength, confronting what needs to be confronted and what needs to be dealt with in your personal life and with others as well, only we wanna be a little more gentle there so that we're not upsetting other people or um, um, hurting feelings and things like that. Aries as the first sign of the zodiac is also all about self, it, almost any word you can put after self, right? So self-discovery, um, self self-reliance, self-acceptance, self, uh, let's see, we can do more. Let's see, what else did I put here? Self-sufficient and uh, self-direction, self-guided. So uh, we also have the, that is also kind of echoed today in our Pleiadian earth energy as it is the day of self-regulation. <laughs> so we, we have a lot of words that we can put with the word self. The idea here is about being responsible for you right, for your viewpoint, for what is going on in your own personal life. 
Um, we can as well look at the more negative energies, right? The other side of the pendulum, if you will. And there we have self-absorption, right? So self, another word that we can add here. We also have the possibility of selfishness instead of selflessness. We have the potential for vanity, for anger, for frustration, for impatience, all of sort of the energies at the negative end of the spectrum. And in the body, the sign of Aries rules the eyes, the head, the face, the scalp. Um, it rules the brain, so the insides of the skull, and uh, headaches, dizziness, uh, acne on the face, all kinds of things that have to do with the head are brought about by Aries. So if you're having those breakouts today, it might be repressed anger um, for the next couple of days anyway. Uh, repressed anger, headaches maybe also due to frustration or repressed anger. Um, not that all headaches that run at this particular time are about those things, but I would always, whenever there's anything going on in the body, my first thought is, hmm, where's the moon? Where's the sun? And what are they triggering in my physical body? And then I look to the house that the sign is at, and then I can almost find right down to the what it is that's going on uh, in my body, how it's related to the area of the chart that it's in. So there you have that. Uh, that takes a little more skill, a little bit more willingness to uh, be open-minded, to, to be able to trace things back to where they started. Sometimes it's a long way back. You have to contact trace, if you will, all the way back to something that happened months ago or even in your earlier childhood or young adulthood. And that can be something that's being triggered now because there's something that happened that, that it, at least on the unconscious mind, triggered a memory of what's happened before. So we can always look to the body to show us where it is that we haven't quite completely dealt with something uh, or where there's still more work that we have to do on the inner planes to get healed, to get whole, to get healthy. All right. Uh, let me just jump in over here and say good morning to everyone else. Ingrid and Debbie, I already said good morning to you. Good morning, Christine Buckingham and Asa. Uh, Debbie Tibbetts, two meal funny. My eBay account sent a few packages to my old address. <laughs> That's funny. Mimi, good morning to you. That's funny when that happens uh, sometimes, right? Um, like the old tapes are still running and that's likely because of uh, Mercury retrograde still, right? Sending funny things off to the wrong places. As we look ahead, this is a week that has sort of an uphill crescendo and then sort of the downslope. And not meaning that any one of the, those parts of the week are bad or good. It's just that it just sort of is slow today and tomorrow. And then Wednesday, we build to what is probably the strongest uh, aspect of the month of February. And then after that, we sort of go back down. So we, we lose the plateau. And we <clears throat> not that we're done with the transits that are a little tricky, uh, but they're, they're easier, let's say, on the downslide. So we have an easy beginning to the week. We have an easy end to the week. It's that sort of midweek to uh, Saturday that is a little wonky, or through Friday anyway. Saturday, hallelujah. We'll talk about that in a second too. <laughs> so today and tomorrow, today at least, 
no major aspects happening with the uh, planets. We're still under the influence of Venus in that conjunction to Jupiter, which is, you know, kind of taking good fortune and good luck and sort of putting it, you know, into the next day for us here. Uh, with the moon in Aries, that's the biggest news of the day. We've already really talked about that. So there really isn't much more to talk about for today. Tomorrow, there really isn't anything to talk about astrologically. But later here in the uh, broadcast, we're going to talk about something happening through human design, which is called a nodal shift. So the south node and the north node show us our life path trajectory. We're going to go into that a little bit more. And in human design, they shift about every three to three to three and a half months, quarterly, if you will, as they are moving through uh, the signs. So they're in the signs of Gemini and Sagittarius, the North Node being in Gemini, the South Node being in Sagittarius. But in human design, there's gates that they're moving through. And those gates, and there's usually about four, five gates in a sign. So we're now moving into the next gate uh, that will take place with the North Node and the South Node. And that will be the gate 35 for the North Node, which is called the gate of experience. And the South Node, what we need to let go of it, or look at intensely and uh, work through changes is in the gate of rhythm and um, timing. So we'll get into that in a little bit. On Wednesday, that is the day that Saturn comes into the square with Uranus. We talked a bit about that when we were uh, doing the astrology for 2021. Actually, we talked a lot about this because this is a highly uh, activated kind of transit where the sun, first of all, not the sun, Saturn, anytime that we have a square, we have the opportunities, right, that come up. Opportunities is a polite way of saying challenges or obstacles that might be in our way. And Saturn squaring Uranus is one of those with a big challenge to change, right? This is a, this is an aspect of Saturn, the old, the dug in, uh, the, the more traditional energies needing to yield to the new, to the forward thinking, to the Aquarian sort of ideals. And as you know, Saturn rules both Saturn or Saturn rules both Capricorn and Aquarius. So here maybe we see a little chink in the armor. We see a little crack on the wall that is going to allow Saturn in the sign of Aquarius squaring Uranus and Taurus to sort of upset things a little bit so that we can move in a new direction. But changes that we don't want to make are the ones that likely are the that are likely going to be the ones that create the uh, dis-ease for us or the unease. And that's because in this particular kind of transit, change is upon us. We don't get to ask whether we wanted it or not. And if you're being forced to move in a direction in your life that you didn't necessarily want to move, then frustration and anger and upset can occur. Uh, so many of us will feel sort of that frustration, um, not because of the change itself, but because it feels like it wasn't really our choice that we have to keep an open mind during this period of time. Now, we've already been sort of, this is not just like a one-off day, right? Even though it's exact 
on Wednesday. We've already been feeling this energy literally from the moment uh, December 21st when Saturn and Jupiter made their conjunction in Aquarius as the orbs, and orbs is a word that we use to describe the distance between planets. And an orb is basically a degree, right? So we have the, we had Jupiter and Saturn at zero degrees of Aquarius, and they were already in a square to Uranus because the orb was only six degrees, the span, because that's where uh, Uranus was. So usually with those outer planets, we use an orb span of 10 degrees. So if they're within 10 degrees, and some astrologers even use 15 degrees, um, especially with the outer planets, not the inner planets, but the outer planets. So that orb, meaning how close they are to one another, can already have triggered some of these changes, right? And at least here in the U.S., we see changes that in our government, right, in uh, the party affiliation of the, the president. And that uh, is a change that some people welcomed. And that is a change that other people were totally in resistance to. Right there, you see the Saturn squaring Uranus, right? The old and the new coming at each other. And neither one has to, well, I would say both need to look at what it is that we're changing towards because change just for the sake of change isn't so uh, worthy. But if you're resisting change, then you're gonna find that that change like takes the feet out from under you uh, because it is a time of change, right? That is what's uh, on us. But it's best not to force things to happen. So if you want change and it's not happening fast enough, uh, which is another little byproduct here, don't force it or push it to happen because this is a time where we all have to be sort of flexible. We have to be adaptable. We have to be able to go with the flow in, um, in astrology, the, this would be kind of the mutable signs that are ready and willing to go with the flow and make change. But the sign Aquarius and Taurus, where Saturn and uh, Uranus are, are fixed signs. They're a little more entrenched. So we have to, there's a little bit more injection of energy needed in order to make the changes. But that's the universe's job, not ours. So it's not our job to push. It's our job to hold space for those changes to happen sort of gracefully and in their right timing. Um, likely at this point in time, even your intuition has been telling you that change is needed, that something was rotten in Denmark, so to speak, and that uh, we have to move forward in some way. Saturn is the builder, Uranus the awakener, and they can do a lot together when they're working in uh, advancement, right? When they're working on what comes next, but they can also maintain the integrity of the things that last, right? So anything that's been built that's sustainable, anything that um, can stand the test of time will not be destroyed or changed. Those things just merge in with the new and create a stronger and stronger product or whatever that is that is in the process of change. So don't get stuck. Don't panic. Just be willing to respond to whatever it is that life brings your way. And as this is building today and tomorrow to exact, it may be very becoming very clear to you where it is that you're stuck in your life and what it is that you need to be changing. And likely, this isn't something that's just come up out of the blue. You probably have been pretty aware of this, right? 
like since December, that there's some kind of handwriting on the wall that you're seeing uh, in your life for change. Now, primarily Saturn and Uranus are working at the collective level or at the societal level, the cultural level. It doesn't mean that you're not personally affected, but likely they would have Saturn and Uranus would have to affect a personal planet in your own chart for you to have this going on personally. On the other hand, because they are collective societal and uh, transpersonal planets, the feeling is that of what's going through society at the moment, that's changing, right? Those are the things that we have to be as individuals open to that are taking us into a future, but that we also have to know that it's not, it's really more about what our attitudes are, how we uh, what kind of uh, viewpoint we adopt here that's really going to determine how we feel through this particular change. So I hope that makes sense for everybody. If you have any questions about that, let Miss Asa know and she will make sure she gets that to me. Are we having trouble again in the chat? Uh, JLo, good morning. I see you there. Uh, because I don't see people's comments, Asa. So hopefully everybody is out there. I don't know. I'm thinking it's true. They're there. But uh, you'll have to email me or text me, Asa, for anybody's questions because I'm not seeing the chat rolling through. Uh, all right. So what else is happening this week? Well, on Thursday the 18th, the sun will move out of the sign of Aquarius and into the sign of Pisces. We start to break apart the stellium that has been very strong in the sign of Aquarius by first the sun moving out. And as we move into the sun, the sign of Pisces, there's a more altruistic, spiritual, um, and uh, uh, energy of of love and compassion that comes as the sun focuses its energy into the sign of the unconscious mind. Now, here is also where we become more connected to our spirit, more connected to intuition, more in tune with one another. Uh, but this is also a sign that can take us into the more negative expressions of uh, delusion or illusion, not seeing clearly, dreaminess, escapism. So we have the two sides of things. If you're going to move into the more spiritual, then that might mean more contemplation or meditation or yoga. It might be healing energy. The sun in Pisces is very healing, especially for the, the more psyche parts of ourselves that are involved in the physical healing that we require. So for example, when we were talking about what Aries, how Aries rules the head and headaches and the scalp and all of that, um, the healing that might be affected is when we do the deeper dive and we look into what might be the spiritual cause of our physical ailments. And that becomes closer to the surface when the sun is moving through the sign of Pisces. On the 19th, Friday, Venus and Mars come into a square. So we have the masculine principle and the feminine principle in an obstacle toward one another. This is actually a, a, a connection that sort of builds tension that needs to be broken. So there can be this tension, a sexual tension for sure between people. There can be a confrontation that's building between that is needing to be broken. Um, this can be where frustrations have been building up. So the knowing ahead of time, right? Knowing ahead of time 
because this is I'm giving you five days warning here that this is coming, means that you can already seek peace, the path to peace in your relationships, or wherever you're seeing that possible frustration, that's been a problem, it can be competition, it can be clashes over ideologies, it can be creative um, clashes, right, where you have two people creating something, and each has a different idea of what needs to be said or done. And uh, th those are the kinds of clashes that can happen now. Oh, I hate this thing. People are here, no questions. Okay, good, okay, good. So I'm just not seeing that for whatever reason this morning. Thank you, Mercury. Um, all right, so we can feel more competitive, uh, but we can also resolve issues very quickly during this kind of a transit through physical activity, whether it's going out for a run or a walk or uh, building something, putting the creative energy to work for us, because this can be an extraordinarily creative uh, energy. So we have that coming up on Friday. Um, if you have a healthy relationship with your significant others or in your lives, likely there's not gonna be much trouble, but you must remember that these are inner planets so they do affect us personally. And the square is from Mars in Taurus to uh, Venus in Aquarius, sort of mimicking our Saturn square Uranus uh, square, the same kind of signs, right? Aquarius to Taurus, only Mars has moved further, Venus has moved further into the sign. So um, it can make for, you know, really good uh, connections activity wise, uh, it can make for a lot of ability to be productive, getting things done, to, to be able to assert your creativity out there into the world. Uh, just watch for being impatient, for feeling argumentative or conflict-oriented. Those are the things that you might want to watch out for that day. On Saturday, hallelujah, Mercury turns direct. Yes, indeed, that's the exciting news of the week for me anyway. I don't know about all of you, um, but I, I also know that that period of time is often a little wobbly. So even though Mercury is going direct, it doesn't mean that the planet, at least from our standpoint, looking at a chart, doesn't just decide, oh, you know, like flip, it doesn't do that. It kind of hangs at a station, if you will. We call it a station because it's sort of hanging in that same degree for a while, wobbling around, and then slowly picks up speed and moves toward the next series of uh, experiences. So that's why we say anytime a planet stations, stations, you'll hear that, hear that word periodically, is when things can be the wonkiest. So Mistakes can happen with Mercury in your communication, in your thinking, in the connection between your thinking and your speech, <laughs> talking backwards or forgetting words, spelling wrong, all those kinds of weird things uh, during a Mercury retrograde can kind of come to a crescendo on the days that they station. Now, at that point, we still have Mercury then moving back through the territory that he's already retrograded through. So he zipped forward all the way to 26 degrees of Aquarius, 
turned retrograde and now has moved back to 11 degrees of Aquarius. And then he will move forward again through 26 degrees and beyond. That happens on March 15th, where he leaves the territory. So we're still in that Mercury phase, reworking uh, some of our plans, perhaps, or having slowed down our thinking, we'll be having access to the steps that come next, which I like that idea. So Mercury moving forward Sunday, there's really no big uh, energies that we need to worry about. So like I said, we're sort of going this way up and then down through the rest of the week. Kind of a cool thing to happen. Where it builds, we know Wednesday and Thursday and Friday are those crescendo days, Saturday, Sunday start to move us back. And uh, by the time we get to Saturday, the moon is in Virgo. Sunday, the moon will tr uh, transition into Libra. So kind of good places for getting things done and then being in relationships. Okay, from our Pleiadian Earth energy, which we don't get to talk about as often anymore, uh, but trust me when I say I still think about it when I'm writing or when I'm produ you know, producing a show and we're talking about these things. Uh, today we are at five self-regulating. So we, I mentioned that a little bit when we were talking about uh, the moon in Aries, but today what we have is the five energy of change. So this is a day to expect the unexpected. It has a sort of Uranian feel to it where we can get surprised. We can be uh, the things that we haven't expected to happen will happen. Uh, we can see that we might have to break some patterns. In fact, it brings us opportunities to break patterns. Uh, anything that we have wanted to let go of is um, able to, to move freely now. Possibly some of you will be in sort of like the backpedaling, no, no, don't make me do it. <laughs> because this energy is also kind of bringing up to us the places like what we've already been talking about this week, uh, especially the Saturn square Uranus energy where change is being thrust upon us and we don't necessarily want to go that direction. Uh, but what you can be doing at that point is to be looking at the pattern of that resistance to change and see where that is in your body, where that's happening in your life. For those of you who know your chart and know that you have a Leo Black Moon Lilith, you are particularly resistant to change. Um, even if you want to adopt change, sometimes you get caught up in the not changing. So you have, take a look at your chart and see where that's happening, if indeed that's happening for you. Um, as far as self-regulating energy, let me backpedal a minute here. Let me go backwards uh, because five days ago we entered into a new uh, series uh, or a new spiral of consciousness. That new spiral of consciousness began at one healing and one healing is Ish. Ish is a sign of the jaguar, of the shaman, of sort of the priest or priestess energy of initiating some form of healing, which is often can be done in the spiritual realm. So we've talked a bit about that today as well. So the overtone or the overlighting energy or the energy of the umbrella, as I always think of, is uh, in healing. So now we're having the opportunity today to heal where we've not wanted to change. And then we're also having the opportunity to heal by self-regulation. Now, self-regulating is an energy that is about the flash of light, flash of insight, uh, intuition, 
the revelation, right, that happens, that helps you clear the illusions that have been a part of your life. And we're looking at this as the earth. This is an earth energy. So it's not just you personally, but all of us, right? All of us together can have that aha moment, or it can be several of us having aha moments. But the whole of this energy helps us to see the truth. And the, the bigger truth, right? Not just my personal truth, although that might be a part of it. Maybe in my personal truth, there's something that needs to change. And it cuts through, right? This is the veil being cut, the illusion being cut through, kind of being pierced so that we can see clearer. And then once that happens, we're able to transcend whatever it is that has kept us limited, whether it's our limited worldview, uh, our limited perspective on a problem or on something that's been going on in our lives. It helps us to eliminate all but the truth. But it also is a sign, a day that activates personal transformation, being willing to do what we need to do in order to grow and evolve. So that's the, the main thrust of this energy. And we have to be able to do this through releasing judgments and criticism, uh, noticing what part of ourselves that helped to create whatever it is that we're in judgment of that we're criticizing. And so it takes a lot of, of, of energy and puts it back on us, right, as individuals to clear the dynamics that are going on in the world even. So, right, we cannot change the world, but we can change ourselves, we can change our viewpoint, we can change our reactions or how we respond to what is happening in our outer world. All right, if you guys have any questions about that, the rest of the week we're going through flow tomorrow, then we'll have that opportunity to merge uh, as we come to the halfway point on Wednesday and maybe merging opposite points of view, seeing it as oneness. And then we move down into the eight, the heart to heart connection, the nine on Friday from the standpoint of harmonizing everything that we've been learning. Speaking of which, on Friday, we will have Pia and Colin joining us as well to share their insights and wisdoms through the Pleiadian Earth calendar and LARCMA, the group that they together channel from the Pleiades. All right. Questions, things happening here. Oh, now all of the chat pops up. Good morning, Natasha. It's great to see you. Adriana, nice to see you. J-Lo, good to see you. Asa, nice saying good morning to everybody. I love that. Okay, now let's, uh, I'm going to share my screen because I want to move the conversation now to a change that's occurring this week in our human design. And I believe this is actually happening tomorrow. So even though there's no astrological uh, bugaboos, we have a change going on in human design that will affect all of us because it's the North node and the South node that are making changes. So let me find the right uh, screen here. And uh, I realized this morning, I, I started redoing all of these graphics and realized I'd already done them. So what was I thinking? So I started to recreate what I'd already done. There is a Mercury retrograde theme right there, recreating something that's already been done. Uh, so Zoom, here we go. Share. Uh, which one do I want to share? Let's share this one. All right. So from last uh, late October uh, until now, 
the nodes have been in the gates 45, which are here on the throat, and the gate 26, which has been on the will center or the heart center. So for the last several months, we have been working through issues of integrity, not just integrity as in the strength of something, but in our personal integrity, our moralistic sort of integrity, ethics and transparency and all of that. But we've also been working through our emotional integrity, our mental integrity. So we've had a lot of issues around integrity that have been the things that we've been working on. Well, now, as of tomorrow, the nodes will shift. Now, in astrology, they still will be across Gemini and Sagittarius. But as they now move through a new gate, the energies will sort of morph a little bit from that integrity kind of aspect to now what we're going to call experience, uh, the gate 35. So the gate 35 is on the throat center. The throat center is the gearbox, if you will. It is the center where we are getting energy up to the throat to be able to be spoken or to be made manifest and energies from the head center and the Ajna down to the throat, again, for the same reason to be able to bring out manifestation of what we know or what inspires us. The north node shows the direction that we are meant to move in right, what it is that we're evolving towards. And it is often a path that uh, you have in your own personal human design and in your own personal astrology that shows you what your personal path of evolution is. But we also have a more generic, if you will, or a collective uh, path to evolution as well. So in this gate, what we're doing is sharing what we know from experience. So we're sharing what we know, the head and the ajna down to the throat in what we know to be our experiences, but then also from the other centers up, what are our experiences? This is a gate that sits opposite of the gate 36, which is turbulence and chaos and boredom and restlessness can create uh, a feeling of being jaded or of keeping the status quo because we're just going to settle for what is happening. The south node then shows us what is in our past, the past, and what we've got to let go of in order to be able to move through to the next level. And what we're doing here at the gate five, which is where the south node is on the sacral, this is called the gate of rhythm and order. And we're letting go of the unhealthy habits or the stagnant routines that we've gotten in. Um, and the way we do that is by aligning with natural cycles and the natural world. So uh, uh, we see in the gate five often, we start to adhere to cycles based on the world and not necessarily on what's correct for us. I mean, for example, if you're someone who is a night owl, you've had to adjust your schedule perhaps or your body's uh, natural rhythm to live in a generated world where we work in the daytime, right? We work from say eight to five and maybe you don't even come alive until five o'clock at night. And so you find yourself having to, to sort of suppress your natural, your natural timing, your natural cycles in order to live in this particular world. So we have to learn here to try to, to find a way to live in harmony with our natural cycles. Maybe instead of working a day job, you work a night job, that type of thing. Now, it's not as easy as that sounds because sometimes we don't even recognize where we've gotten into unhealthy habits. So 
um, watching out for those things in your lives, whatever that might be. Now, when we are talking more about the North Node, here we have the potential in the North Node now for wisdom or for being more jaded about what's going on in the world, the feeling like we can't affect change, feeling that that we haven't uh, a pathway ahead for change. And that in the gene keys is the shadow of hunger, right? Hunger, not like my tummy's empty and I need food, more like there's some hole within me or I'm feeling some kind of void that I need to fill. And what am I filling the void with, right? Am I watching more TV? Am I eating more? Am I, what, what is it that I'm filling the void with that hunger? So the gate 35 here, the lesson that we're learning is to embrace the experiences that we have in our lives without feeling jaded or bored because the natural cycle and rhythm of the universe is taking us into periods of inaction and then followed to uh, periods of action. And it's like a pendulum that swings back and forth. So what we see here is that we have to embrace all of that cycle wherever we are in it without creating uh, rest changes out of restlessness or out of boredom or allowing um, ourselves to just feel like it's hopeless and, and that there's no way forward at all for us. Here we have to have the courage uh, to share from what it is that we're experiencing. What your experiences are in the world are totally unique. And this will be a time for you to learn to share from that place and in, uh, engage the, the story, perhaps, of your experiences, but from a more positive light. Um, here is a time for us to know what the correct experiences are for us as individuals. This is a very powerful lesson because the throat... If we go backwards a little bit to what is the throat center about? Remember I said it's the center, it's the gearbox. That's the center for manifesting from uh, our words and turning them into reality. It is a sign of uh, being able to bring energy out into expression in the world. Now, the throat has an interesting uh, energy around it. It acts very much like a projector where it needs to be invited out to share. So the throat center at gate 35, sharing your experiences are, are ha have to come in right timing and with that invitation to share. So you can't just like start blurping out there all over the place. What you're doing is seeing a need right? Something that there is uh, a need to share and then waiting for that invitation to share your voice in that way. Once you have that, then you're aligned with correct timing. And again, because the energy eventually makes it down to the emotional center, particularly if you have the gate 36 in your human design, then we want to make sure that we're aligned with the feeling that it's time to share your voice. I hope all of that makes sense. In the gift level of uh, the Gene Keys, the, it's adventure. And in fact, we call this sort of this gate, the gate of the adventurer. Sometimes it is the gate of the uh, Jack or Jill of all trades. Having had many experiences in your life, you can call upon those experiences in the moment and be able to share your wisdom in the moment that it's invited out of you. 
uh, as well here in the mastery, in the highest expression, the Siddhi is boundlessness. I love that word, boundlessness, knowing what is worthy and what is worthwhile and sharing your experiences and your knowledge in right timing. And that helps the world see what more is possible, what more is possible, not what is or what will be, but what more is possible. It's opening up the uh, energy and being willing to share from a place of boundlessness, right? How many of our stories are limiting stories? This is on the throat, remember? So it's connection to what we say. What do you hear yourself saying about where you are in your life? What do you hear yourself saying about your experiences? Are they victim stories where I lose my job, I lose my life or my, my life? Well, you wouldn't be telling me that. You lose your family, you lose whatever it is, and or you don't, you never get to make it to where you want to go, et cetera, et cetera. You know the stories, right? Those are the stories. This is the throat. So what are you saying? Instead, speak from your experience. What did you learn from those experiences, right? It's not all negative all the time. It may have looked like that something negative happened and you took that and you moved forward. Even if you were reluctant to move forward, that's part of the experience too. And you're telling the story of your experiences when invited, then you help the world to see what more is possible, what's more possible in our experience. Now, if we look again back at the south node, so the south node down here on the sacral center, the sacral is the center for doing. It is where it is an engine. It is the most powerful center in all of your human body or the human um, template. And as the center for doing, it has action-oriented energy. The action orientation here is about rhythm, cycles, timing, again, timing, right? Connecting to the natural world and the natural flow of timing, rather than trying to use willpower or pushing or forcing things to happen, which then can often not give you the results that you were looking for. So the biggest lesson we have here in, uh, with the, is impatience, overcoming impatience, being connected to the natural flow of life to every season, right? To every season, uh, to connecting to healthy habits in your life. This is also a channel that connects us to the rhythm and cycles that we get into, the routine that we get into in our day-to-day -day life. It is... Um, Healthy habits, this is one of the gates where sometimes we find OCD, obsession, obsession compulsion. So taking a look at where that might be going on in your life to learn that it's not a healthy habit and that consistency doesn't need to be rigid, right? We can be consistent, but have space to change up the schedule. Um, and that comes when we are living from the gift level of patience. So in the shadow, we have impatience. In the gift, we have patience. Being patient and doing things in more of a cyclical manner. We're waiting for the right timing to show us when the next step is. In mastery, we're staying consistent with our choices and habits that align us with the natural cycle that we are in with our personal truths, right? 
uh, we're flowing with the go, right? That's what I, I, we can go with the flow. There's that one, but we're flowing with the go. If the energy of flow is moving us in a specific direction, don't fight that direction. Don't try to put the brakes on it and stop it. Don't try to use your willpower to turn around and go the other direction, you know, backpedaling. Um, this is a time for us to move ahead. This is a time where we might see that the pathway to moving ahead is two steps forward and one step back, and then two steps forward, one step back. And we always have to remember that in that respect, we are still one step forward. And that gives us the sense of timelessness, which is the Siddhi in this particular gate. So the gate 30 or the gate five, excuse me, has timelessness as its highest aspect. Right, so we're enacting timelessness, letting go of time constraints, letting go of our routines and habits that have become too rigid so that we can be able to flow with the go, <laughs> go with the flow. Uh, all right, questions, comments. Uh, oh, by the way, let me put that back up on the screen one more time because I think it's worth mentioning. Let me bring this up in a little bit of, can I move it that way? Oh, I can. So. It, I want you, if you have your own personal astrology, I mean, a human design chart, get it out, right? This is the time for you to look at your own personal chart. I want you to look and see if you have the gate 35 defined, or is it white? If it's white in your, nap, in your own human design, now for the next three or four months, all the way through May, uh, this particular gate is going to be defined. So if you aren't someone who is normally embracing the experience and sharing from what you've experienced, then this energy is now upon you. If that happens to be on your open throat center, you need to be very aware about sharing the stories and the experiences with an invitation. If you have a defined throat already, then you still need to be aware of that, but you have a little more latitude in being able to use your voice in a more powerful way. Um, so if you have the gate 35 already defined in your chart, then this is just like a transit that's adding some some pepper peppering some new experiences if you will if you will into your already having been an, a, a voicer of experience uh, an adventurer an explorer kind of person and then sharing from what your explorations are so it doesn't add a negative energy to it or a positive energy it just brings it a little bit more into focus or maybe there's a couple of new experiences that you're going to have to add to the repertoire of experiences that you've already been speaking from. And now if you're someone who has the gate 36 and it's hanging, it would look sort of flipped from this, that you have nothing up here at gate 35, but at gate 36, you have a hanging gate. Now, suddenly with the nodes, the North node moving to gate 35, the whole channel here would be uh, activated. And that is a channel that's very powerful in bringing the emotion of what your experience brought to life. So we have the emotional field, we'd have the throat field, and then that becomes more impactful in the sharing of your experiences. So here you'd want to make sure that, uh, that your emotions are that you're aware of what your emotional field is here, right? What are your emotions here? Because likely you might start to feel bored. 
you may be very restless, you may take risks now that might be things that you wouldn't normally take. So you want to be sure that you're aligned with what is correct for you, what is correct for you through your type, your strategy, and your authority before you just take a risky action um, based on boredom or restlessness. So that, that might be a problem for someone who is hanging here that suddenly has an outlet for it. It can also be that adventure that you've always wanted to take in your life and it being the right timing now for you to do that. But again, that comes from your own personal uh, knowing who you are, where what your correct um, authority is and acting from that place. All right, Asa, I saw a question pop up here from JLo. She has five in her conscious with Neptune and the moon at 15 in the unconscious. God bless it. But all of it connects toward the throat with the transit. Could it be ancestral patterns uh, broken also because of the nodes? Um, so let me think about this. So you have Neptune sitting at gate five. Yes, and 15 at the moon. So right up here. So you're connecting up. So I hadn't gotten to that part yet, but let's look at that because the gate five for you with Neptune is uh, likely a spirituality from the past, right? You brought with you into this lifetime some, some you know, it, it, it would be like, and I, it doesn't matter what religion, but we're just going to use Catholicism, having um, lifetimes of family uh, connections with the Catholic religion. You come into this lifetime and initially at least you're picking up that same rhythm and that same consistency, right? That, that routine. But here you're being offered a possibility of changing up being driven by exploring something more because the moon for you is at the gate 15. And that, so moving more from your soul position, moving more from direction, where does your life seem to be pushing you in this lifetime? Maybe it's pushing you to explore a different religion or different patterns of beliefs, different patterns in spirituality to break the pattern of the old or to at least have you aware of what patterns that you, of belief that you are acting from. Because the connection here is directly up to the G center or the identity center, the who am and being guided, driven even if the moon is sitting here at gate 15, to explore other options and other directions. So in a way, yes, it does explore some of the genetic or uh, familial patterns that um, uh, have been there. And it already would seem with the moon here at the gate 15 that you're exploring outside of those beliefs. Now, it's not just beliefs like religion. I mean, that's just a handy one for us to be able to look at. But there are also family patterns of health and uh, uh, or of dis-ease in, in a family line. For example, think about people who uh, men often have this where uh, father, you know, died at, you know, 40 from heart failure, grandfather died before he was 40 from heart failure, and now I am destined to die before 40 because of heart failure. But that's not what this energy is about. It's about breaking those patterns, right, through healthy routines, right? There's something about health and help, you know, being in natural cycles and using the natural world as a healer, right? Getting out into nature, eating foods lower on the food chain, um, taking care of yourself, right? Making sure you get enough rest, not pushing and uh, being more uh, of the doer 
than the being, right? So there are lots of different things here. Upsetting patterns is basically the key here. And then if in your own personal chart, you have the gate five already defined, like uh, JLo does, and it's um, hanging just like this one, you will have some, you know, maybe newer experiences of where your routines are keeping you to old patterns or where it is that you might be able to change to a newer routine. If you have the gate 15 hanging, gate 15 hanging is sometimes a gate that gets into extreme expressions, especially when they meet up with something or someone or a transit over here uh, at the gate five of rhythm and consistency. This helps to ground in the extreme expression of the gate 15 so that we can become more grounded, more stabilized. So uh, I, I see this always in my husband's chart. He's got hanging 15. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. So I look forward to the next few months with him where he's going to be more grounded and I'm not having to help him keep calm through uh, experiences that he has. So being more grounded and more able to see where extreme expression does not help things. It just ignites more things. Uh, the gate, if you have uh, the whole channel already defined, then again, this isn't uh, something that it will be new or anything like that to you. It's more that there just might be some additional experiences that you can add to what you've already been uh, feeling and experiencing in this lifetime. I hope that makes sense for everybody. All right, those are the questions I often get about human design is like, how does that, how does that work in my chart, right? So for example, in my chart, 35 is open, 36 is also open. So for me, suddenly gate 35, looking for the expression of my experience out in the world, right? Looking to fill out how it is that I'm here to express what I know and what I feel and what my experiences are. The gate five is also open in my chart. So is the gate 15. So looking at routines and, and uh, what unhealthy routines might I be a part of uh, and, and how can I work in my own life to, uh, in, re, to put in some healthy routines perhaps. All right. So it, I guess what it, it comes down to is that any place in your chart where you've had openness means that it was an inconsistent energy in your chart. So in your life experience, you didn't always experience the idea of being on time or being in a routine or your healthy or not habits, where now suddenly those energies, those two energies are going to pop up in your chart and you'll be experiencing that through other people, perhaps if it's hanging or if it connects up to another uh, gate in your chart, you suddenly have access to the whole channel that it represents. So, okay. How's everybody doing out there? I don't see any other questions. I love it. Uh, all right. So that is it for me today. And I hope everybody has a wonderful day. I will see you again on Friday with Pia and Colin. And then we will also take a look ahead at the weekend uh, transits. We'll be looking further into, by the way, uh, the Venus square Mars challenge from Friday. All right, that's it. Take care, everybody. 
Bye for now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.